If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great, I ain't in hard top. It's Kev Lewin's decent to Sandbox. Since the Sandbox fans, we are back. And you know, as always, we have to start the week with our impressions. Before we get into the slate that we had, guys, starting off week seven, before we jump into it, I just want to let everybody know the Sense of Sandbox community can drive for Thanksgiving is starting right now. So from today to November 19th, make sure to collect your canned goods, hit up your favorite podcasters to help make a difference in our community. Let's start on Thursday night with these week seven games. And Kev, it was an interesting game. We watched the Browns and the Broncos. I thought it was going to be a better game mm-hmm. um, than we kind of got delivered. But I want to know, are the Browns too banged up to stay competitive? Yes. Well, I should say yes and no. I think yes, they are. But I also think healthy, they still would... They just would miss that top tier of my teams that are that are actual contenders. I just I, I really just don't think they have the talent on both ends of the ball. I mean, they're a good team. They probably have the best running back duo in the league, probably the best running game in the league, arguably. When healthy. But I mean, when healthy, I mean, when you look across the AFC, you talk about teams like the Bills, talk about, you know, teams this year like the Bengals, even teams like the Chiefs that are kind of having a down year. Like, even healthy, I'm not... I'm not sold on the fact that the Browns could go into any of those places and win a playoff game. You know what I'm saying? I definitely think the injuries have derailed their success a little bit. I think, you know, at this point in the season, they def would be, you know, probably around four and two, five and one. Um, but it is what it is. Injuries are part of the game. And that's why, I mean, you even say in a fantasy, Steve, depth, right? And, and yep. they're one of those teams that, you know, even if only Chubb or Kareem Hunt were hurt and not both of them, like, that's still a huge blow to their offense because they're so run heavy. Odell obviously isn't the same Odell he was in New York. Jarvis Landry's banged up and he's not getting any younger. Baker's getting absolutely killed. So I just don't know if they have the assets to be one of those teams, but I I do think this year specifically injuries definitely have derailed them a little bit than I think they were expecting. No, absolutely. I I would definitely agree. And I would say the same thing about the team that they played in the Broncos. And the Broncos started off hot behind Teddy Bridgewater and, you know, injuries and, and a couple of mishaps and they just lost four straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a that's a crazy turnaround for the Broncos. It's a crazy turnaround for the Browns too because they went from probably the best team in the division at week four or five to third or questionably fourth, Yeah, depending on what's going to happen when they play the Steelers. But it's clear now at in the AFC North that the Bengals and the Ravens are the hierarchy to this point. Mm-hmm. Until we get proven otherwise. Um, the Broncos, on the other hand, they're in a tough scenario. But I don't know if it's as tough as the Browns. And the reason why I say that is things are certainly going unexpected in the AFC West. The Chiefs, you know, probably lost more games this year than they have in the past two combined. The Chargers are a solid football team. Crazy things are happening with the Raiders. <laughs> and... You know, the the Broncos are just kind of like right in the middle of the mix of all of that. And I don't know. Like, I want to sit here and say that, like, the Broncos could be an 8-8 eight and eight team. But with Von Miller getting hurt, Teddy Bridgewater limping around and, and not really seeing, you know, growth from the Broncos, you know, th- I'm really starting to get a vibe that, like, maybe this could be a team that breaks it down at the end of this year. Uh-huh. And would it surprise me? No. Would it surprise me if they rallied and won eight games? No, but... 
I mean, I, I just don't know what, what we really have for expectations now, for, for the Broncos. If you're a guy, right, just spitballing here. Just a guy. Like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> why, you know, he has the no trade clause, so pretty much he can virtually control where he goes. Why not look at the Denver Broncos? The only team he's actually approved for a trade is the to Dolphins, this point right? Is the yeah. Dolphins. And I'm not saying the Dolphins aren't good. Dolphins would be a great fit for Deshaun, but I mean. You think it's a lifestyle thing? It's got to be. He- Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Denver's where Deshaun Watson wants to be. Let me tell you. I'm not gonna tell you why. I think we can all infer that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like seriously. I mean, you got a solid defense, arguably top five. You know, but week in and week out, definitely top ten. Once Judy's healthy, you got two good receivers in, in Judy and Sutton. And I'm coming back in Javante. I'm coming back, and you still got the veteran Melvin Gordon. I know he's not the same Melvin Gordon, but like you said, you got Javante, you got Melvin Gordon. It's like why not give them a look, especially like. In a division this year where, like, the Chiefs are kind of looking like they're not the Chiefs anymore and, you know, you got the Chargers playing well, the Raiders are kind of hit and miss. It's like, why not look at it? I mean, I get what he's doing because if he goes to the Dolphins, that could be an instant AFC championship. I'll be honest with you. This coming from a Bills fan. But I'm just saying, like, why just Miami? Like, why not go look at the Denver's? Like, Denver's a dope place to live. Deshaun uh-huh. Watson, go smoke as much weed as you want. We all know that's what you want, so go. <laughs> go do it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, how that plays out during the NFL trade deadline. If you guys have not heard yet, last week me and Lou gave you guys um, some names and some teams that could make some moves during the trade deadline. Go and check that out. Let us know what you think. We're going to move on to our next game, and the Pats won big behind Damian Harrison. We heard that Zach Wilson got banged up in this game, and he's looking you know, to be out another two to four weeks. What positive takeaways can we sit here and, and, and say – that the Jets have done this year that we could say that they could build on next year. Is there any? There is none. <laughs> there is none. And I think it's a bad look for the Jets considering how Sam Donald's doing. I know he's definitely fell off the past few weeks, but I think teams are, I mean, we've already been onto this, but I think teams are finally starting to see, like, maybe it's not these quarterbacks or these receivers or these backs. Maybe it is just the system. And it's crazy, too. Like, you get a new head coach, you think, and it's just like, it's still the same old Jets. They can't win games. And not for nothing, but, like, when you look at, like, the five worst teams in football, the Jets probably have one of the better rosters. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's, like, crazy to think that they're not just, like, losing games. Like, they're getting blown out. And you got teams like the Texans that are in most of the games. You know what I mean? They were but don't necessarily, yeah, like it's it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just the Jets being the Jets. That's really all I can say. Yeah, is. like the Jets, the Jets really do have a lot of young talent, and like that. That's what I was gonna. My next question was gonna be, you know, are the Jets arguably, you know, the worst franchise in sports? And it's like, if you want to compare it, it's like if you want to put all sports, it's like you're gonna put what the Knicks up there. You're gonna yeah. put other New York teams. You're gonna put the Giants. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. No, it's. It's just crazy because, like, how many years can you get a top, you know, two or three pick and just not have it work out? And it's not even like they're picking the wrong guys. Like, Zach Wilson was the guy to pick in their situation. You they're know not I mean? drafting the wrong guys. They're, just, they, they're, they're not getting anything out of them because their system's so broken. Well, yeah, that along, like, I think I, I think with what you're saying is with the system, I think that's correct. The system is broken, but maybe it's part of the hiring system and, and what they yeah. do to get coaches and personnel and, and, and assistant coaches and trainers and, and all of that. Because if you want me to be honest, it can't just be the players. Like, we're talking about the NFL. So, right. realistically, there's 3,000 people that, that can be, you know, room. 
I don't even want to say rumored. That could be entered in the NFL, can be free agents, active, whatever. The the talent for the NFL is there if they want to. They want to. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Jets coming from front office down. I think they need to have a different approach, and their approach has not changed at all since hiring Rex Ryan years ago. Nothing has changed, and they're still the same old Jets. Yeah. So you can't sit here and tell me that Geno Smith who's now starting games for, for the Seahawks, was good enough to win games for the Jets, and Zach Wilson's not. Exactly. And it's bigger than the players. Exactly. My opinion. We're just talking about the Jets, so let's stay in that same building. The Giants got a surprise win. Yeah. I thought the Panthers were a lock. I thought the Panthers and the Patriots were the two most sure games for the week. Gotta say, I'm happy I was wrong for once. <laughs> most people aren't usually happy to be wrong. It was funny, you know, I was at my family's house, we were, we were having dinner, just just enjoying each other's company and, and some, some fall food and, and things like that. My uncles are breaking my balls. Oh, we got a baseball game in New York, 5-3 between the Panthers. Yeah, I get a that text. was ugly. That was an ugly <laughs> I get a text from Joe Ruggiero, you know how much he loves to bust balls with us, and he's like, are we really watching a 5-3 ball game yeah. right now? And yeah, we are. You know, I'm happy we put up a 20-piece, won a game by 20. That helps our point differential tremendously. Am I going to sit here and say, oh, the Giants rally caps are on and we're going to turn <laughs> it around? No. But if there's one team that you want to come and punch in the mouth on Monday, it's the Chiefs. Yeah, it is. It's 100%. the Chiefs. I agree. And it sucks that that's a road game. Because I really feel like if the Chiefs came into New York, they'd be uncomfortable. Yeah. And with them being home, they're going to be comfortable and it's going to be tough for the New York Giants. Hopefully not. Hopefully I'm not. G-Men this week. <laughs> but like I said, we were just talking about the Chiefs. So, Kev, can you tell me what's good with the Chiefs? I've I've been saying it. It's, it's a combination of things, right? It's... And the easiest way I can say it is the NFL is caught up to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what it was. I think, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs last year, two years ago, the great expression, they were ahead of their time, but I, I really think they were, and I've been saying it all year, the Chiefs' defense was never great, right? Well, probably in our entire lifetime, never great. They had some decent years, some good years, never a great defense, was always an offense-heavy team. The thing is, defenses have learned, and I'm not going to say they've learned to shut down Pat Mahomes because... As big of a Patrick Mahomes troll and hater I am, there's no shutting down Patrick Mahomes. But teams have learned how to slow that offense down tremendously. Even when they're having the games where they're scoring 30 points. It's 30 hard-scored points, and it's throughout you know the entire game. It's not in a half like we're used to seeing the Chiefs put up. Defenses have learned to slow them down, and their defense has gotten worse. So now we're seeing when they're playing teams that can actually score the football, that's where the trouble is. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's not even just in their division. It's all across the NFL. I mean, think about it. There's 10 teams, realistically, whose offenses, you know, you could argue are better than the Chiefs or more efficient than the Chiefs. And I'm not talking talent-wise. I'm just talking about moving the ball. And with the Chiefs' defense being so bad, it's hard for them to outscore people now. It really is. I mean, it's just, it's like night and day, and it's it's really hard to explain. And I don't think it's anything going on schematic-wise or front office-wise. I think it's just the NFL caught up to them, and now they're kind of taking a step back and be like, shit, like what now? You it's more I mean? about how other teams are playing yeah, against and, the Chiefs and rather I think, than the Chiefs. And, and I don't think this is like a permanent thing for the Chiefs. I mean, obviously this season isn't going well, but like 
next season? Could the Chiefs be the number one team in football again? Yeah, but I think it's just, I think they have to go back to the drawing board is what it is. And and Patrick Mahomes still playing good. Definitely, definitely making questionable decisions this year yeah. as opposed to decisions before. I mean, even, uh, I think it was this week, maybe it was last week, but he threw a pass on the run. It was It was a complete pass, but it was like, 30 yards downfield and he just floated it up. You know what I mean? I was like, I think it was this week. And I was like, if they were playing like any other defense, one of their linebackers or cornerbacks would have closed in on that ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, what are you doing, buddy? Like you can't just <laughs> float the ball. Like I understand like you're athletic. You can get out of the pocket, throw on the run. You can't just float the ball in the middle of the field. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think the narrative is is saying, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't a top five quarterback anymore no, or no. anything like that. And I do still think that the Chiefs can be good. I do think the Chiefs can still be successful. But Kev, we talk about this we talked about this on Sunday. You actually didn't wake up. Guys, we play flag football together on Sunday. Rough <laughs> night Saturday. Yeah. Real rough. <laughs> yabba dabba do, that's all I could say. Yabba dabba don't more like it. Yabba dabba yeah, don't. For you. <laughs> I forgot what I was just gonna say. Talk about flag football. Oh, it all comes down to overcoming adversity. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs over the past couple of years, kind of like the Cardinals right now. There's not too much to overcome when you're putting yourself up um, in a successful kind of manner beforehand. And I think what the Chiefs can do to shut everybody up is to win 10 games. You think they can still win 10 games this year? Yeah. I think so. I think it'll be a little bit harder now, but I definitely do still think they can win 10 games. I think we'll see the Chiefs win around 11 games. And I would love to see, even if that means they're making it out of the wild card, I still want to see them in the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Just so you could say, oh, coming from 2-5, and five, yeah. you made it there. You can't then, then you can't say next year... Oh, the Chiefs are done. Mahomes needs to go. He's washed up. Uh-huh. You could say that they need better personnel. CEH definitely failed. They thought that they were going to have a bell cow back at CEH. Travis Kelsey, he's 32. I mean, what can you expect from the best tight end in football? And he's been the best tight end in football for four years. Yep. We thought this year was going to be Waller's year. I guess <laughs> it's time for Dawson Knox. Um, that defense definitely needs a personnel upgrade. And, you know, th- there's just a, lo- a lot of positions that they can upgrade. One stat that that spoke a lot for me, I, t- I think I mentioned this to you earlier, or actually I mentioned it to Holman when I was making my notes. Andy Reid's record against the Titans is 1-8 for his career. Yeah, That's porous. That's, that's very poor. But I definitely think that the Chiefs can get I'm right. I'm glad started. you said that, though, because I think, I think you know, as, as much as I like to troll Pat Mahomes, you know, think... This is the best thing for his career, having yeah. a season like this. And I'm not saying, and, and you say it all the time, I think the expectation is so high for Pat Mahomes. But not just that, it's just, like you said, overcoming adversity, right? You look at, I mean, even Tom Brady, the best quarterback to ever walk. Needed adversity. Needed adversity. And, and I think that's what made him great. At, at such a young age for Patrick Mahomes to be dealing with this and already having a Super Bowl under his belt and everything, I think it's only going to excel his career. And I'm not saying that it's going to be this year, but... Again, if if they were to miss the playoffs, like I'd be scared of Pat Mahomes next year because, like they always say, in order to win, you got to know how to lose. And yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes just hasn't done a, a lot of losing, and that's obviously not his fault, but it is a flaw to an extent because sometimes you lose that fire or you lose that passion because you're just so used to beating everybody that it's like 
to be in a predicament like this, you're like, oh shit, like yeah, it's time to turn it up and like really show people that I still am the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, and uh, we definitely went in depth a little that, but with that, but now I want to talk about another one of the great teams in the NFL and. How good is this Green Bay team, Kev? I mean, if you want me to be honest, I don't think this Green Bay team is as good as they were last year. But they're not as loud as they were. And I think I kind of like that, Mm -hmm. too. And I kind of want to say I have a very similar feeling with the Ravens. And I think we what we've grown to know over our life watching football is... The best teams aren't the teams that are 16-0 and or 15-1 and or this and that. The best teams are the ones that have a couple of losses like the Bucks last year and then still rally together, get hot when it's time to get hot, and control what you can control. And I think Green Bay is trying to push that narrative. I just don't know if they have the, the defensive personnel to, to say that they're that good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the entire mood changed at the Green Bay Packers, and I think... Aaron Rodgers is someone who was always very vocal in the media, you know, to the other team's crowd, you know, the whole Ionia thing, stuff like that. I love that. But I do think it's a different Aaron Rodgers this year. It's the silent assassin Aaron Rodgers. It's the, you know, me against the world Aaron Rodgers. And I like it. I like it a lot because I feel like Rodgers is one of those guys that, you know, Teams would come for him, yeah, because it's Aaron Rodgers, but also because he talks so much shit. Yeah. And now it's like this dude's dead quiet, throwing for 450 every week, and just lays it in. Like, he's got the hair going. Like, he's just letting go of himself. Who got better just flow of right now? Football. You or Rodgers? Oh, man, I got the better arm, too, but we won't get into that. <laughs> but I think it's just like, I don't know, like, it's like a man gone wild. Like, it really is. Like, he's just, he's a bad, bad man. He's like, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm just going to come in and torture you, and you can't do nothing about it. And I love it. I need more of it. Absolutely. No, I feel that. And, you know, Green Bay is tough because, like, I also feel like if they were in a division that had a little bit more competition, we'd be able to critique them a little bit more, too. Going against the Lions and the Bears, two teams that – over the past 10 years, have probably only won 100 games. Realistically. Imagine that. Combined. Combined. Legit. If you if you want to put the, the Vikings in there, it's probably only 150 games. Yeah. But I think this is the conversation everyone's ready for. Conversation everyone's ready to hear. Is this the biggest regular season win for the Bengals since knocking the Ravens out of the playoffs a couple years back? Yeah. Has to be. It has to be. They haven't really been in a position to have a big game like that. Or a regular I mean, season win. Or a regular season <laughs> win. But no, definitely. I mean, that was that was huge. Like I can't I can't stress out. Even though the Ravens are still only like a game behind, that is absolutely huge. Especially in that division this year, too, because like the Bengals will probably go in, beat the Steelers again, and beat the uh who's the other team? Browns. Browns. Yeah, they'll beat the Browns again. So there's a chance that second time or uh, that second time around against Baltimore could be the division deciding game and the fact that the Bengals have the one up on it right now is is huge. It is. It really is. It's huge. Yeah, and I definitely think that the next time these two teams play that the Ravens will probably get the better the better yeah. side of the Bengals. And it, I think the Ravens will be in a better predicament too. Like I, yeah. I I'm not sitting here saying next time they meet the Bengals are still only going to have one loss. They're going to cool down eventually. But that's why getting it this early in the season and establishing that that dominance this quick, especially when you're in div- in a division where you really only have to worry about one team realistically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, no, I feel that. 
Yeah, I, I think the Bengals look bright. I think a lot of that is is because of Joe Burrow. I think the defense is playing complimentary, but this is definitely an offensive line unit that isn't at its best. A wide receiver room that's deep, a running back room somewhat deep. Defense needs better personnel. But see, like what the Bengals did in the past, like three, four years, is what the Jets should have been doing <laughs> the past ten. Yeah. Like last right. year, you went out and got Burrow. Boom. This year, you go out and get. I'm assuming probably Burrow's favorite receiver in the draft, right? Chase. Like you got uh, Udoma, who's you know breaking out as a good tight end. Decent defense. Like their defense is honestly surprising me this year. It's like. Year by year, they were just filling the slots that they needed. And as the Jets, it's just like, all right, this quarterback didn't work out. We're going to go get another quarterback. Like, no Jets. It's not always about getting the quarterback. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Build a team. Yeah. You can't build players. got to build a team. I mean, you can build players, but building players means developing a team. If yeah. you can't develop a team, then you need to select the right players. Exactly. Kev, is this the best team in the division? The Bengals? No, I wouldn't say that. I still think the Ravens are better than them. I think so, it was just one of those one of those days. We should not expect the Bengals above the Ravens in your power rankings. <sighs> it's tough because I I go I go off of record and stuff heavily when I do my power rankings. That's gonna be a tough one. Can't answer that. We're gonna have to just wait and see. I really <laughs> right. can't. So you guys could tune into that next week. Kev, the Lions came to play, and we were talking about this in the fantasy episode, but they still fell short and. I don't think that that was a testament to how good the Rams are. The Lions made the right moves on special teams, play calling, to win that game. Just couldn't score enough points. I mean, yeah. that's pretty much that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I think that that game shows more about the Rams probably not considering the Lions to play that good of football rather than the Lions treating any Sunday differently. I don't think Jared Goff treat that game differently, mm-hmm. anything like that. No, I mean, that was just, it's just the David and Goliath story, really, was all that was. I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting the Lions to even be in that game, which, yeah, they might have used to their advantage. But honestly, if I'm a Lions fan, like, I know you don't have a win yet, but, like, I'm looking at this season as a positive, honestly. Yeah. Like, pretty much all of their losses, especially against good teams, have come, like, you know, either in the last drive or, like, it's just a close game in general. And it's, yeah, obviously, the Matt Stafford. And, you know, Calvin Johnson, all that, that era is over. But realistically, right? And like I said, when you're looking at the uh when you're looking at the retrospect of the worst teams in the NFL, like I said, they're the best worst team in the NFL. Yeah. And I and I don't even think it's due to talent because I think there's worse teams that have better talent than them, but their coach has them playing as a team. And That's can, another team the Jets have a better roster than. Exactly. But their coach is, like, so invested. Like, you saw him crying after last week's loss. Like, yeah. he's so invested, and he gets the best out of his players. And sometimes that's what makes you the better team, like you said. And I think if I'm a Lions fan, I'm just sitting here like, all right, like, maybe this year is not year, but, like, at least we're in games. We're not getting blown out. Like, even when Matt Stafford was there, right? Yeah, they were winning seven, eight games a year sometimes. But the other eight games, they were getting blown out. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're not winning, but you're almost there. So now go build on that. You know what I mean? Go draft a couple guys in positions you need. Go shop around for guys you need. Like, it it really is looking bright in Detroit. I hate to say it because they're 0-6. But (laughs) I'm really not looking at them them as an 0-6 team. I'm really not. All right, Kev. We got one last question before we end our impressions episode. And that's, what do we think of the Raiders? So I was just at my parents' house having lunch. My dad made a good point. Firing John Gruden might have been the best thing for them. Could have. Gone two huge wins, 
two weeks in a row without Waller, right? Jacob's banged up. But I've said this, you know, I can't even remember for how many years. The Raiders are what they are. Every year, they'll start off 4-0, 5-0, maybe 6-0. They always end up struggling to get 10 wins. Yeah. And it's like, it is what it is. We've seen this story before, and this year, with the Chiefs being down, might help their case a little bit to make a playoff push. But realistically, like, they're not winning anything. Like, even if they make the playoffs, they're getting bounced in one game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it is what it is. They're another team that I think are just complacent with what they have. I mean, yeah, they got Kenyon Drake in the offseason this year, but Kenyon Drake, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and this is the perfect example of what I said earlier, like, depth, right? Like, they rely so heavily on both Josh Jacobs and Waller. So when you have a season like this where they're banged up, because it is the NFL, guys are going to get injured. It's like, what do you do now? What are mm-hmm. we going to rely on Henry Ruggs to catch 200 yards a game? Like, yeah. that's not going to happen. No, like, build not. the roster up. You got a good quarterback. You got a top tight end. You got a top 10 running back. Like, go get some pieces around them. Yep. Guys, that's going to wrap things up for our Week 7 impressions. Like we said, we have a lot of content coming to you guys. We have our Week 8 fantasy rankings. We have an interview with Anthony D'Ambrosio running for State Senate. We have NBA power rankings coming up. So, so much to stay tuned for Since the Sandbox. Make sure you're listening in. Leave us that five-star review and start collecting your cans because the can drive is coming soon. Peace out, guys.